Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. All right, welcome back into another edition of the Believe in Cal podcast. I am Adam Eaton, and I'm here with uh, former Cal uh, Hall of Famer. Well, I guess not former Hall of Famer, uh, actual Cal Hall of Famer, former Cal All American Jeff MacArthur. Jeff, how are you, buddy? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. It's great to be back. It is great to be back. And before we go, uh, go anyway, we should remind everybody that. Uh, we are exclusive on the Believe Podcast Network, which is, coincidentally, the Bay Area's number one sports podcast network, the only place with a show for every team in the Bay and more. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? And, Jeff, did you believe what uh, what the last two weeks of Cal football would be like? Did you did you think it would be this way, kind of the ups and downs, the twists and turns? Was this kind of what you expect to go into it? No, not at all. Um, I'm always uh, pretty hopeful that we're going to go out and do well, especially in uh, the passing game and uh, against, you know, North Texas, uh, things that just didn't go as, as planned in my mind. But uh, I was worried, and I'm really not that worried anymore based on what happened the past weekend against Ole Miss. Yeah, let's take it back a few weeks. So the, the North Texas game, so obviously a, a 23-17 victory. But uh, you wouldn't have known it, Jeff, if you had gone on social media after the game. Uh, fans, and, and, you know, rightfully so, there was some frustration. There was some confusion um, I guess if, if you had to sum up just from a player standpoint, from a coach's standpoint, how would you describe to somebody who maybe didn't see the North Texas game? How would you describe what happened that, uh, in that game? Well, I mean, to be honest, it's uh, it's it's one of those things where you jump out on people and you get a big lead. And sometimes um, you're just trying to get the game over with. And uh, it felt like, you know, we came out fast, which is something we, we really don't do often. And um Again, I think we got complacent, and we're probably probably just packing it up mentally and ready to get off the field and go home with a W. What did you like about what you saw? I mean, obviously, yeah. I mean, I think those are some 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 factors that played in, but uh, there were some positives, um, you know. So, what did you like from uh, from the team and uh, and the North Texas game? Uh, again, really, just just finally uh, breaking the curse of, of being a slow start team and, and going out 20, 20, 20, uh, 21 zero in the first quarter. That was huge. Um, and, uh, yeah, I like the fact that we remained three and oh, we had a, a chance during that game where, where they could have come back and won the game. And, and I think we did a great job of just, you know, protecting our lead and, and coming out with a victory. I think my biggest takeaway, so as I watched the game and, you know, I, I like to watch the games and I don't, uh, I don't really, you know, uh, get married to any thought. I start going, kind of going through social media and, and seeing what folks are saying and, you know, wait till you get to the quotes post game and. You know, here's my biggest takeaway, and it may be um, it may be somewhat controversial. I'm not trying to be controversial with this one, but um, I know there's a lot of people frustrated. I was perfectly good with it. You know why? Because if you're going to be a good football team, we see this year in and year out, you have to win games that maybe you're not playing your best. You have to win ugly. You have to win pretty. You have to win, you know, with some grit. There's There's so many different ways to win. And if you think about the teams that have success year in and year out, it's the teams that can go and do that stuff. It's the teams that can go on the road and, and win an ugly game. It's the teams that can blow out a team they're supposed to blow out. Um, it's the teams that can then, you know, be consistent. And, and the biggest consistency you need each week, Jeff, is winning. And while it wasn't pretty uh, and it wasn't, you know, it wasn't something that I think you'd, you'd put on the film and everyone would look at it and be like, look at that, this great, beautiful game that was played. At the end of the day, it was a W. And I think I took away from that, hey, this team can play with anybody in any setting and even when they're not their best, they can still come out with a W. So I, I know winning ugly is is not the, the 
preferred method, but it's still winning. And that's my biggest takeaway is, yeah, they weren't, they weren't firing all cylinders. And there are certainly some things that could have been better. But at the end of the day, the scoreboard showed them on top. And, and from my estimation, that's all that matters. Adam, I, I'm uh, I'm so glad you you put it that way because uh, that's something I just experienced as a coach at the you know I'm at St. Monica High School and uh, we had a very ugly win this past weekend also and uh, this was this was a message that I sent to our team because I didn't want us to doubt ourselves I didn't want us to feel like we were um, not as good as we thought but uh, you do have to find a way to win the ugly games you're going to have games with turnovers things that don't go your way and the measure of a good a good team is definitely how they overcome adversity. Yeah, for, for sure. Again, I, look, I get it wasn't aesthetically pleasing. I get that, you know, teams want high-powered offense. It's also interesting. I mean, Cal is kind of doing something that's counterculture right now, right? Everyone's got high-flying offense. You, you know, the air raid or the zone read is, is huge. You know, teams are trying to find ways to put, you know, 40 and 50 points on the board each week. Um, and, and Cal's kind of doing a counterculture, um, which I, I think for a while, you know, some fans have been sort of skeptical about can you can you win that way and, and will that work and so on and so forth. And I think what what I took away from North Texas is you know th- this their style they know how to play their style and they can play it well. And even if, if they're struggling, I mean Chase was what nine at twenty two that game I think. You know even when they're not firing on all cylinders, their their style will work. Um, and I, I still wonder if just some people are, you know maybe now they're they're believers, but after that game it seemed like there was a lot of skeptics about whether or not. Uh, you know, whether or not that style will hold up. Well, and it's, it's again, um, we're used to having letdowns, uh, I think, in the past few years. Like, look at last year, we were ranked, and, and, you know, by the end of the season, we weren't ranked anymore. But uh, we've had a lot of disappointment in, um, in our history, and, and so people are quick to, quick to kind of tuck their tail and run away. But uh, there's just something really different about this team. And, and it's been, you know, I think Coach Wilcox has just done a really good job at, at getting these guys to just stay focused on the task at hand. And, you know, even with the injuries, look, I mean, we're going next guy up and, and not missing a beat. So that, that's pretty uh, promising. Yeah, what did you make it? I know uh, you and I chatted before, and uh, and you were talking a little bit about what you saw from Chase that day. What did you make of his performance um, specifically against North Texas? Well, oh, the North Texas game, um, you know, I just I couldn't figure out whether it was him or Coach Bo Baldwin or Coach Wilcox or who. But, you know, you get the idea that that we were really afraid to turn the ball over. And that I think over the course of time with with Chase, it was hammered in his head that as long as he doesn't throw picks or fumble the football, that we have a chance at winning because of how good our defense is. So um, I couldn't figure it out. But I was it was frustrating. That's for sure. That that North Texas game was frustrating because. Uh, we needed to prove to ourselves that we have the ability to make big plays. And, um, you know, at least for me, I was kind of tense about it because we were going to Ole Miss the, the following week, and I really wanted to believe in the offense. Is that is that a coaching technique? I mean, obviously in your experience now as a coach and even as a player, will coaches do that? I mean, is it possible that, that Coach Baldwin is keeping it really close to the vest because he wants to protect against turnovers? Is that is that something that you think is, is realistic or, or it would be a part of the game plan? Absolutely. Um, I think based on Bo Baldwin being he's he's uh, he's on he's definitely in the spotlight. Um, a lot of people were wanting him to not not no longer coach at Cali, wanted him fired. And so, um, you know, with that said, that's going to definitely uh, I, it would cause me to be make sure I was conservative and make sure I was calling the right plays and, and trying to avoid unforced errors at all costs. The other thing I think uh, you you mentioned that you were. Uh you know, really interested to see was, uh, you know, a lot of backups, particularly on the defensive side of the ball, 
got some valuable playing time uh, as that as that game uh, wore on. How big is that? You think about you know it's, it's a long season. Um, you know, still still many big games to come. I think the the heart of the schedule really now coming on right now. Um, how how big of a deal do you think it is that some of those younger guys or some of those more inexperienced players got on the field and kind of saw live action uh, against North Texas? Well, uh, you know, I, I know from experience that that game experience is is very key. You can practice and and you know, it's just nothing can really simulate what a game is like. So. Uh, it gives a, it gives us a chance to evaluate guys and, and see what they can do when live bullets are flying. And um, <clears throat> you know, with familiarity, you go against your offense every day. So again, having those plays being made in practice isn't the same as, as doing it against a team like North Texas. And uh, it's gonna it, it it was good because the game was still on the line and they were playing for something. So um, yeah, I think that was really huge. So I want to take you through this. Uh, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna publicize the account, but there was a. Cal fan on Twitter who had posted a question and, and, and got a lot of responses. I want to read a couple of these responses. Again, this is this is post North Texas. So obviously hindsight is really uh, is really important now. But uh, this this is post North Texas. I want you to read some of these. Uh, or I want to read some of these to you. You can tell me what your uh, what your perception of these is. So one one person said it's one of the smallest crowds I can remember seeing at CMS. The lack of offense and the fact that we'll be facing two tough teams in our next home games means we have a chance to win both, but crowds will stay away from the game. Um, I know that was a little topic of conversation. What did you make of uh, the home attendance for the North Texas game? Uh, skepticism. People just haven't completely bought in yet. And on top of that, I mean, 3-0 and is cool. And, and, but, you know, again, North Texas is – nobody knows who North Texas is. I think if it was UT or something, it would be different. But um, – as far as Cal fans, it has to be either UCLA, USC, Stanford, somebody like that. And uh, but the Arizona State game, we got a chance for it to be packed, just based on them having a good good record, and um, we're highly ranked now. This guy said the Cal offense is beyond terrible. As soon as uh, North Texas put a spy on Garbers, the offense came to a complete stop. Accurate? Um. Well, no, absolutely not. We're not terrible. And even, you know, I still I believe that we are going to be one of those teams that we will do whatever is needed to win. I don't think we go into it, you know, saying we're going to throw for 380 yards or we're going to you know, they're they're just more more so concerned about doing what it takes. And if that takes running the ball, um, you know, 30, 40 times and they'll do it or whatever it takes, they're going to do it. So I think they just adapt and, you know, have faith. All right, last one I'll read to you here. This one says, Garbers looks lost and hesitant to throw, even when he had time. When he was rushed, I thought I saw Bowers out there with all those turnarounds. I don't think we're going to get far with him at QB. At this rate, why not throw more screens and slants? Football don't work like that. You know, you (laughs) say, oh, I'm going to come out and throw screens and slants. Uh, It's a chess match out there. And I think that Chase was doing a great job of, protecting the football and not forcing anything, but at the same time, no risk, no reward. So he was playing it safe because we had we 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 could do so and still win the game. And that and that we did. Again, 23-17 was the win. So, you know, that's just a smattering of the skepticism. Uh and it, it's funny, right? So one week, uh, one week you're down and the next week you're up. So <laughs> so Cal travels uh two time zones away. And takes on Ole Miss uh, in uh, in Mississippi, uh, SEC Stadium. You know, it was 11 a.m. Uh, kickoff. Uh, I think essentially for for them. Um, 
in Ole Miss. So the body clock situation for for Cal. So let's let's start big picture again. I think we know what happened, obviously, but going into the game, how how confident were you that Cal could match up in a quote unquote SEC style game? Um, I was I was very confident just based on us. We we had beaten uh, Ole Miss. Was it in 2016 or 17? But um, just based on that alone, I had a good feeling about the game. And um, yeah, I was. Uh, it didn't. I wasn't surprised at the outcome at all. No. Well, I think what a lot of people were surprised about. So we just read all those quotes. Even you, you kind of mentioned, hey, you know, the North Texas game, the, the offensive, you know, play calling maybe a little conservative. What the heck happened in Ole Miss? All of a sudden, the, the playbook was opened up. Chase was, you know, was was a madman back there, 23 or 35, 357 yards, four touchdowns. Again, this is coming off a 9 of 22 for a buck 29 performance. Um, I guess, first off, what do you think, you know, I, I assume, well, I guess maybe I don't want to assume. Do you think that's something in the game plan that, you know, that, that Chase or, or, or Coach Baldwin saw against Ole Miss that recognized that, hey, the passing attack was – was going to be available to us? Or do you think it was one of those moments like you talked about where Coach Baldwin said, I, I just got to let Chase let it rip? Um, or maybe it was a little bit of both, I guess. Uh, which one do you think is, is more plausible? Well, I, I honestly, I believe that uh, that our, our better matchup or better chance at winning that game was in the air. Ole Miss had a very solid front and uh, just some big boys out there. They're always going to be a little bit bigger than we are in the SEC and um, so, yeah, I think that we did what we needed to to win, just like we spoke about earlier. Well, again, the, the, I mean, again, I guess would you if I told you, hey, oh, oh, you know, we've won this game. We won 28-20. You know, we beat Ole Miss on the road, but I didn't tell you any stats. Is there any chance on earth you would have told me that you felt like Chase Garber's three or four touchdown passes? Yeah, I would have. I would have said so, because I still I think we we're against good football teams. We're going to need to throw the ball, period. And um so I think he's got the ability, and I feel uh, even more confident after listening to some of the interviews. Bo Baldwin also said that uh, he wasn't surprised one bit and that this is this is how Chase practices every day. This is how he throws at practice all the time. So uh, when when you hear that from a coach, an offensive coordinator, that he wasn't surprised about it, it gives me a little bit of reassurance. And I'm going to let you have a, a, a personal moment here. We're not supposed to personalize all the stuff in the show, um, but I know a, kind of a cool moment happened for you during the game. Um, you know, wide receivers are, are, are something you know really well, and uh, and a bunch of wide receivers got in the action. But uh, but this past week, a receiver named Trey Clark uh, caught a touchdown pass. Um, tell us a little bit of why that was kind of so special to you, and uh, what that moment meant to you. Well, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. The la- last year, I had a chance to coach uh, Trayvon over at El Camino College, and uh, we won. Con- we were conference champs, and and had a really great year. He was one of the top top JUCO wide receivers in the country, if not the number one in yards. Uh, so he had a, he had a great season and, and, but also he's such a great kid. And, and uh, I never pushed Cal on him and said, you know, this is where you need to go. And, and so he naturally fell in love with it and we had a connection and, and the offer came, but just to get him to go to Cal was, was a big deal because um, that's a school I feel, obviously, you know, I love that school <laughs> more than, more than anybody could love their own school. But um Having him go from El Camino and go to Cal was was probably one of the top top moments as a coach for me, um, just because I, I love my school and he's he's more than qualified to be there. Um, so you know, just seeing that moment and, and and I know how much it means to him. I know how hard he works and and I know how much he deserves it. So I'm just super proud of him, uh, Trey. If you're listening, man, congratulations. Uh, and yeah, go Bears. That was a big deal. I love it. 
what's a, I guess, what's it like as a receiver, right? So yeah, you, you wrote this down in the notes that you, that you, uh, you and I talked through, uh, eight different receivers, uh, had catches on the day. Um, you know, when you see your quarterback just, just humming like Chase was, and, uh, and, and you know, you have some, maybe some favorite build matchups. What's it like as a receiver when you line up at the line of scrimmage? How, how hungry are you? I mean, is, are you more, um, I don't want to say trying hard because I don't want to make it seem like people don't try hard, but you know, do, do, do your eyes a little bigger? Do you, you know, do you, you light up a little bit more knowing that your quarterback's kind of got, got the hot hand that day? No, to be honest, um, every single play that I lined up, I just felt what I felt like I had to do my job. I felt like the spotlight was there. I felt like, you know, I have to do my job. I got to get open. So for me, uh, I don't think I took plays and, and, you know, it didn't, it didn't vary. It didn't uh, change for me at all. My approach was just like every play is the most important play. I got to do my job. And yeah, it was, uh, I never, I never let that affect me. Well, I saw your film, Jeff. I, I can, I can attest to that, man. You, you, you look like you're always open, uh, but B, uh, you never look like you took a, you took any plays off. Um, somebody else who didn't play take plays off. And I don't know if we've done any um, biological testing, I'm not sure if this person's actually a human being because he seems like he's a part man, part machine, part animal, part monster. Um, but he looks like a nice guy, so I don't want to say those things about him. But uh, Evan Weaver, um, what can you say about this kid? I mean, you know, he, he just week in and week out, he, he seems like he's the heart and soul of the defense. Uh, maybe the heart and soul of the team, I don't I don't know. Um, but, I mean, this, this kid is just on an unbelievable streak and uh, – the things he's doing on the defensive side of the ball. Each week I, I look at his stats and I'm like, man, I got to refresh. That can't be right. Right. Wait, how many tackles did he have? Like that can't be right. But every week it's right. Um, what do you, I guess, what are you seeing out of Evan Weaver? Um, and, and what does he mean to this Cal team, this Cal defense? He, he's the heart and soul of that defense, no doubt. I mean, he's, um, he's just a re- really impactful player. He's very, very smart kid and just tough and, he's epitome of what a linebacker is and uh, he's got a chip on his shoulder. I don't know why. And I don't know what happened to him, but he's got something to prove and, and he goes out every week and does just that. So um, uh, coach Wilcox, he said, you know, it's one of those things that we might all kind of take for granted at this point because it happens so often we start to expect it. And, um, but really he deserves so much acknowledgement and um, you know, hopefully I think, like I said, I compared him to Luke Keekley earlier this year. And I think that he's going to be that type of player uh, from as he's been, and and you know, and there's more to come. Well, like I know you spent your career trying to stay away from the <laughs> linebackers, but t- take me how the heck does he get eleven uh, solo tackles and eleven you know assisted tackles in the game? Like, wh- what is he doing that maybe other linebackers aren't doing? Is he just is he just more aware of the play calls in advance? You think is he you know just using his angles better? Um, just from a technical perspective. You know, everybody wants to make a lot of tackles, but uh, how, how is how is he able to, uh, to to pull this off each and every week? Well, I, th- I think uh, you've got to give a lot of credit to him, and then you've got to give credit to the, the defensive uh, the scheme. Um, but you also got to give credit to the defensive linemen down there because they're they're taking up gaps, and and you know if they're they're able to keep those guards and, and tackles off linebackers, those those tack- uh, the linebackers are going to make the play every time. So um, I think it's a combination of a few things that that make this whole thing go. All right, well, on the, on the flip side, um, you know, one of the things that I think that, you know, with, with Chase's ascension, I don't want to call it ascension as if he wasn't, you know, doing well before, but with sort of the game plan and the way it played out, um, the running game wasn't as prolific as we had seen through the first couple of weeks. Um, again, I know there were some injuries with Christopher Brown Jr. You know, I, obviously he played in the game and, and, you know, football players are typically always injured, right? In some form or fashion, something hurts. Um, 
but the, the running game seemed to to not be um, as big a factor, particularly against Ole Miss. Again, that could have been by design, but uh, does that have you concerned kind of moving forward as you look at this team and the rest of the schedule? Uh, you know, I kind of um, – I was bothered by it because I don't ever want to feel like we can't do something on offense. Uh, but uh, I think ultimately if you look at the matchup, we've got some new offensive linemen out there going up against some big boys in the SEC. And uh, Ole Miss was really stout. I think, again, that we knew going into it our, our matchups would be better in the air than trying to trying to have it on the ground. Um, so, yeah, I guess you can say it's, it's by design that it happened that way. Um, that's in my, in my heart. I just believe that that's how it is. I think if we have a, a matchup where uh, the running game favors us more, then that's what we're going to do. What about on the, de- on the defensive side of the ball? There was a, there was a lot of, of injuries. Um, you know, how, how is that going to impact the team, you think, moving forward? Um, you know, I think for the old Miss game, I think what Cam Good, Tevin Paul, Ben Hawk um, were all out. Um, and obviously some, some younger guys got to play. Um, I think I saw, if I read this correctly, that uh, you know, there, there's another guy who's lost for this season. Um, how, how do you think this will play out as you move forward? I know football can often be a war of attrition, but uh, how do you see this, uh, the injury bug kind of fighting the defense, uh, helping them or, or hurting them moving forward? Well, I think uh, we're, we're going to feel it, right? Like uh, it was different out there at times against Ole Miss. It was different out there at times against North Texas. And um, anytime you, you, you're missing some key starters like we are, uh, it's going gonna, it's gonna to test your defense and your depth. But, again, we're gaining valuable experience. And, uh, you know, to be honest, I think it's, it's going to pull the team closer because you're going to depend on people and cheer for people and, and you know, have to, have to pump up guys that you might not have thought you needed before. And you'd be you'd be surprised at, at some new faces that pop out and, and show what they can do. So it gives opportunity to see new people rise up, and um, we get experience. And when those guys are all back healthy, we're just going to be that much more solid. All right, so we got two games to think about. Um, yeah, so that means you got two game balls to give out. Um, so you can give out, uh, you know, either maybe from both from the same game if you want to give one from each game. Uh, who kind of stood out to you, I guess, as you think big picture um, for the last two weeks? Who are the who are the folks that you want to? award game balls to? Uh, I, I'd like to give a shout out to a guy who um, who I haven't talked about much this season, but I've been waiting to, and that's Nico Remigio. Uh, every time, every game, I, I just see him do do something that catches my eye. He's really explosive and, and really hard hard to hard to keep a tab on if you're on defense as far as trying to tackle him. So um, I think he's primed for a breakout game. He's, he's had some consistent big plays, whether it's special teams or a slot. Um, so that that's one guy, and, and Chase Garbers has to get the game ball from last week just because uh, he had a career day, um, really good with the ball. Even the interception that he threw, it wasn't – to me, I wasn't like, oh, my God, how can you do that? That was a great play by that corner. That corner baited him and, uh, and did a great – just made a great play. And so uh, I, I, I think he had a hell of a game, and, and he's definitely got my game ball from Ole Miss. But I, damn it, I always forget about Weaver. I feel bad about that. <laughs> I feel bad about that. But I'm an offensive guy, Weave. You gotta give me a break. Well, luckily, he, uh, 22 people felt his wrath against Ole Miss, so I don't think many people forget about uh, about Evan Weaver. Yeah, I, I echo the Chase Carver thing. Look, I think um, I don't know, man. Maybe it's just a sweet spot for me, or whatever. But I agree with you that he's just easy to root for. Um, you know, just seems like a good kid. Seems like somebody who's you know who, who's team first who. You know, he's going out there and doing what the coaches are asked of him. You know, I'm, I'm sure every every quarterback, um, and I know you've played with with some some of the best of, of all time. I'm sure they want to throw the ball in every play, right? They want to they want to take shots down the field all the time. 
And obviously you, you've got a system for a reason. You've got play calls for a reason. You have coaches for a reason. And, and it's their responsibility, as you know, to put you and the team in the best position. Um, and so Chase obviously is playing a few different roles, right? You know, he needs to, you know, quote unquote, win ugly against North Texas. But then they turn to him and say, hey, we need we need you this week and, uh, and he delivers. So, you know, I know he's, he's a little bit maligned by the, the fans, I suppose. Mm-hmm. But um, I'm going to give my, my game ball to Chase Carver. But here's a question I want to know from you is do you think that he's done enough to win over the skeptics or knowing sort of the fickle nature of fans do you think if he has a, a less than old miss stellar game this uh this friday night do you think he's gonna kind of fall back in the doghouse yeah we're very fickle at cal just because i mean it's just you know that's just how it is and and i won't complain about it because we have a chance we're in control of, of our destiny right now and, and he has the ability to keep it going so um, I think as long as he keeps, we keep sticking to the script and, and whatever that script is, whether it's run or pass or whatever, if we do that uh, and we're winning, then everybody's going to love him. We just got to keep winning. Obviously, Evan Weaver is uh, is another one, but let, let's talk about Evan Weaver in this context. I want to get your, your perspective on this as a, as a former player. What did you make of the sort of the, the very last um, two plays, if you will, of the old Miss game, um, just in terms of how crazy all that was and sort of what was happening on the field? Um, obviously the you know the the catch that didn't get uh, reviewed and and after the fact if you saw the replays it, it clearly wasn't mm-hmm. a touchdown. Um, but what did you think about and, and then obviously the old the, the old Miss uh, quarterback tried to sneak there and Evan Weaver was certainly not uh, not happy with that idea and decided to not let him in the end zone. Um, what did you think of from a player's perspective those last two plays and and how all that played out? Uh, I I think that that was probably the most intense, you know, I don't know how many seconds that was, but those last two plays were, were extremely intense. And, and I think, you know, somewhat, somewhat manage more manageable on defense than it was for their offense. I think they had more pressure on them than it was on us. What do you, as a, I mean, as a defensive player, um, there's not a lot of time to sort of, you know, uh, scheme for that, right? Like it, it's kind of go, 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 go. What's uh t- take us inside? What's the what's the call like from a defensive standpoint? What are you what are you looking for? Obviously, uh, Weaver made a great play. Is that something that, that you sort of practice as having to sort of move that quickly in, in a goal line situation on defense? Oh yeah, I think uh, I think you practice as many scenarios as possible, and that's that's something that you're going to go over and practice for sure. Is uh, is when a team is 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 down, the clock's expiring, and and they've got to run a couple plays, and that that kind of helps the defense. I think it's to their advantage because the offense can't get too crazy or, or cute. They have to do something that works or something that makes sense. So uh, QB sneak in that situation was uh, somewhat. Pro- uh, it was um, you could tell it was coming. You knew it was coming. So. Um, yeah, I think uh, it's to the, the defense's advantage when the time is clicking out and, and expiring like that. What's the craziest ending of a game you've been a part of? Oh, I don't know. Let me think. Uh, I don't know. The first one that just popped up, and I'm just going to say it, but the, when we lost to USC, that just – that was like – it was crazy. In 2004, we we had more offense than them. I mean, they had 200 and – I can't remember, 202 yards or something like that, total offense, or uh, maybe passing. Um, but definitely, definitely something really low like that for total offense. And we had 400, over 400 yards and we just couldn't score. We couldn't score um, on the last drive of the game against USC. And they were ranked number one in the country. We were ranked seven at the time. Gotcha. Yeah. All right, let's talk about, uh, let's talk about next week. Uh, or I guess this Friday, this, this upcoming week, Friday night, uh, Arizona State Sun Devils are, uh, are coming to town. Um and obviously, you probably haven't had a ton of time to, to go through and look at every single solitary, you know, uh, bit of film on Arizona State. But uh, what do you what do you expect in this uh, this matchup this Friday night? Um, 
Hey, is it, is it weird as a player to play on an odd night like that? Um, you know, I know Saturdays are typically the, the days. Does that throw off your rhythm and routine as a player when you play on sort of a quote-unquote off night? It definitely does. Um, but I, I, I don't think it's a big deal. Like, for me, again, it wouldn't change my approach or anything like that. you got to go out and play the game. So um, it's not a big deal, but uh, it's def- it definitely throws your rhythm off um, and your schedule. So, you know, does it matter that much? I'm not sure, but it's it's different and it feels weird for sure. So what do you what do you expect in the, in this game? So Arizona State's three and one, zero uh, and one in conference right now. Um, kind of a, a younger team. I think they're still breaking in a, a true freshman quarterback, Jaden Daniels. Um, Herm Edwards of, uh, of uh, NFL fame is uh, is their head coach. Um, have you had any chance to to look at Arizona State? And yeah, uh, what do you what do you kind of expect uh, as they as they come to uh, to town here on Friday night? Oh, they got yeah, they got a, they got a, a lot of great skilled players on offense. Uh, their defense is definitely. Uh, one of the top defenses we'll face uh, up to this point. And um, I think they're going to be a big challenge for us. Uh, but I also think that they haven't played anybody like us. I think this, this quarterback is young. Um, they've got a, a, he's a, I think he's a four-star kid. And yeah. um, is he a true freshman or a freshman? I think he's a true freshman. I'm, I'm trying to look oh, at that right true. I think he's a true freshman. But yeah, that, that's uh, <laughs> I mean, that's going to be difficult to go up against Cal. I know he had a hot, hot game last week. Uh, threw for a lot of yards against Colorado, yeah. um, but but we're not Colorado, and it's just <laughs> going to be a different game. So hopefully, uh, hopefully our de- our defense comes ready to go because we got a challenge ahead of us. Yeah. So quick, Arizona State uh, they they beat uh, Kent State pretty handily. Um, kind of struggled against Sacramento State, nineteen to seven. Beat uh, Michigan State on the road, ten to seven, and what set offense back like a million years. And then uh, Colorado this past weekend they lost thirty four thirty one. So they are coming in off a loss. Um, I mean, I guess Michigan State's a, a usually a quality team, although they're a bit down this year. So it'll be interesting to see what uh, what that looks like. So as a defensive coordinator, and you're lining up um, to, to game plan, and you see a true freshman quarterback on the other side, what are you doing um, to sort of uh, you know make his his nights uh, a little bit uh, a little bit miserable? Well, the first thing you want to do is make sure you try to get some pressure, uh, get him to get rid of the football before he has time to think about what he's doing. Uh, and you also want to, to mix up your coverages. He's not used to seeing, you know, those pre-sap stems where defenses are, are rotating and safeties are rolling up and down, corners are backing off. So uh, just give him a variety of looks and, and you know, don't don't just line up and let him play football. Give him something to think about. All right, I'm not going to hold you to this. It's just me and you talking here. Um, <laughs> give me a, give me a final score of the game. What do you think? Uh, what do you think is going to happen on Friday night? Uh, 31, 31. 17 Cal 31 17 Cal you heard it here first folks Jeff MacArthur doesn't make a lot of predictions but uh, <laughs> when he does uh they're they're normally right um all right let's let's have a little fun now um so we introduced this last show we called this uh tree of the week uh lovingly we uh we named this after our uh, our friends who um don't really have a mascot so they adopted a tree which is whatever um so what did you see this uh these past couple of weeks Jeff that had you kind of scratch your head and uh calls for you to uh, to name this person or this thing or this team as the tree of the week. One of my favorite coaches in college football, uh, he's he's getting this award this week, and that's Mike Leach over at Washington State. Um, blowing that lead to UCLA was embarrassing. It's it was totally preventable, and uh, that's kind of one of the one of the the negatives about having a, a spread offense where you're throwing the ball all the time is you know you don't really have a lot of running plays to get you out of those situations. So, uh, yep, he gets the tree of the week. Sorry, Mike Leach. 
What's it like um, playing for a coach like that? I know obviously you never played um, for him directly, I'm sure. But what's it like playing for a coach like like Mike Leach, who's a little eccentric? Um, I mean, he's, he's certainly um, maybe the the polar opposite of, of, of Justin Wilcox in, in terms of sort of the way that he carries himself with the media. Uh, as, a, as a player, is that fun, you think? Do you think the, the guys enjoy playing for a personality like that? Everybody's different, right? Everybody, everybody will take that differently. Me personally, I would be extremely entertained, and it would be a pleasure to play for a guy like that just because uh, – you know, I just would, I would enjoy listening to him talk. I could listen to I can listen to him talk right now. I could, I'll probably get on a podcast after this and just listen to him talk. He's a very uh, he's smart, but he's uh, extremely extremely intelligent. So uh, to me, I, I'd have a blast playing for him. I'm sorry, I got Jeff. I got to do this too, man. I got I got to call you out. I'm going to call BS on the entire answer. You want to play for Mike Leach because he's going to throw the rock. <laughs> and as a receiver, you you can't wait to start running down the field and, and catching some of those fly routes. That's that's probably the real reason you want to play for Mike Leach. Right? I promise you, I didn't consider that, but you're, you're absolutely <laughs> right. I think uh, naturally, innately, I just I knew that was the real reason. So. <laughs> we all we all, you receivers are all the same. We know you want the rock, so we know you're going to go wherever. Wherever someone's throwing it up to you. Um, my tree of the week is Ole Miss quarterback Matt Matt Corral. Um, Matt uh, got uh, got in front of some media folks and, and on Twitter and whatnot, and he was asked about the Cal game, and he said, and I quote, they're from California. They're used to the California lifestyle. They're not used to the Mississippi heat, the weather, the humidity. And unfortunately for, for Matt, that, uh, that, as they say in, in, uh, in, in America these days, that did not age well. Uh, and fortunately, Matt, uh, Matt was proven wrong. The, uh, the California lifestyle turned out to be a 28-20 win. Uh, look, I never like to go after college kids. I knew, you know, if everyone looked at all the things I did or said when I was like 19 or 20, I'm sure it wouldn't be any, uh, any better for me. But uh, sometimes, you know, just, just not saying anything is, uh, is the better thing to, to do. And, and as, a, as a leader of teams, Jeff, you've been on teams, you've, you've led teams. If you were walking into the facility and someone's like, "Hey, did you hear what your quarterback said?" and you hear that quote, as a leader of a team, what do you what do you say to your quarterback? What do you do? Well, I don't. That? I don't say anything to him because if he if he's you know if he's making comments like that, he's not going to listen to me. <laughs> uh, so I wouldn't say anything. But at the same time, he's definitely going to lose a couple of notches with just uh, uh, in my in his belt in my in my eyes, um, especially when he's from California. The kid. You know he's he's a California kid, so I, I wouldn't doubt if he was actually talking about his own experiences being in Ole, Ole Miss at Ole Miss. That's a good point. Yeah, I didn't consider that. I guess that's a good point. But uh, again, it's easy to to make him the tree of the week after uh, after you see the results of it. But uh, certainly, certainly not the, uh, the the smartest thing to say. Unfortunately, heading no, no. into Cal, who now uh, ranked fifteenth. So I know you told me in the past, hey, look, we don't care about rankings. No one looks at the rankings. Uh, a bunch of teams fell this past weekend. Not a ton of not a ton of good games uh, in front of the, uh, the the 15 ranking this week. Um, how excited do you think the the guys are? How excited are, are the sort of the fans you think about this uh, about this ranking right now? I think everybody's pumped up. I think um, I think as a player, our team is 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 excited because this is something they worked really hard for, and a lot of people counted us out. And and you know, one of the great joys in life is doing what people say you can't do. So. Uh, I think our team is really, really excited, and they have something to protect, and that that's kind of cool because every week, you know, it's hard day in and day out. You're practicing; it's, it becomes a grind. You're balancing academics and and, and sport, and uh, you need something to shoot for. And to stay undefeated is a great motivate motivating tool. 
Yeah, a lot of teams in the uh, in the Pac-12 uh, ranked, but uh, uh, the Cal Bears are right now the highest ranked. Obviously, Utah lost, Washington, USC, and so uh, at number fifteen, Cal is the uh, the top ranked Pac-12 team. Um, a couple of, of matchups this week's Virginia. Notre Dame, uh, Virginia, if Notre Dame goes down, Cal could move up there. So that's a, that's an option as well. And obviously you never know what will happen from, uh, from an upset perspective. But uh, I, I, hate to, I hate to start asking this question so soon, but uh, people are probably going to start wondering about it at some point. Um, if Cal continues on the street, Jeff, do you think that they are a viable contender for the, uh, the college football playoff? Uh, I mean, I, I think we should be considered, but at the same time, uh, you know how politics go and, you know, I, I'm not even going to get into that just because I don't want to get worked up. So uh, it's one of those things that we'll worry about when we get there. We just got to keep on winning and, and hopefully, uh, you know, we get it. We get a fair chance to, to show showcase ourselves in front of the entire nation. Man, that was a good, that was a good diplomatic answer. That was, that was well done. I, I, that, <laughs> that was well said on your part, but uh, I'm sure I'll get you fired up more off air once uh once, once this thing uh, kind of keeps rolling, and if, uh, if they're not in that list, so, so yeah. I'll, I'll, I promise you, fans, I'll ask Jeff that question every week until we get him fired <laughs> up, and and uh, and he has to give you a little bit, a little bit of sass on that one. But uh, uh, but again, we appreciate you for for tuning in. Uh, if you want to follow us and learn more about what we're doing over here, uh, you can find us on Twitter. You can follow us at Believe in Cal. That's B L E A V in Cal. Or you can also follow follow my partner in crime here, Jeff MacArthur at Coach MacArthur Six, also on Twitter. Uh, feel free to lob your questions into us. Uh, let us know what's on your mind. Uh, we'll take some questions as we think about uh, future shows and, and make sure that you guys uh, have a voice in this. You know, uh, Jeff and I want to want to include the uh, the Cal family. And so if you have things that you want to hear about questions for uh, for Jeff, you want to hear some uh, some good stories from his time in the program. Please don't hesitate. Find us on Twitter and uh, make sure you also uh, subscribe, rate, review to the podcast. Uh, you know, again, we're a new show to believe. And what a Dude, what a perfect year to start a show for Cal football, right? I mean, right. this was just this was just fate, right? Yeah, this is meant to be. I believe so. So make sure you tell them that hey, look, you, you like Cal sports, you like Cal football, and you want to hear more about it. So, uh, so find us on all of your uh, your podcast platforms. Subscribe, rate, review, leave us comments, uh, leave us ratings. Five stars is an option. I'm not saying you have to, but if you want to, five stars is an option. Uh, but again, let the good folks who believe know how much uh, you want uh, you want some Cal content and. Uh, and looks like we'll hunker down on a Friday night, Jeff. We'll watch the game. We'll take some notes. And uh, and then we'll return next week, and we'll let you know what we saw. We'll let you know the good, the bad, the ugly. We'll uh, we'll hand out some more Tree of the Week awards and some more game balls as well. So, uh, so as always, you know, with the uh, the Believe in Cal podcast is here for you, and uh, and we'll be back again next week. So, uh, until then, Jeff, I'm going to uh, I'm going to sign off, man. And uh, let's uh, let's everybody go Bears. Hey, go Bears. Cheers. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.